Hi, I'm Greg Finn. I'm Jess Budd. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock here at Cypress North this August 17th, 2018. And Good job. Week, Got the date right. There we go. <laughs> and each week we bring you all of the digital marketing news from the previous seven days and pull out the most important information that you can use in your marketing endeavors. And we come live to you uncut, unedited, unfiltered each and every Friday. We do it live. And if you head over to marketingclock.com, you can follow along with the show notes and all the articles that we're gonna talk about today. Perfect, let's get to the news. Perfect. Getting into it, new Search Console features have been added. These are existing features that already existed, because they're existing, in the old version of Search Console. But if you've been using the new version, you haven't been able to access the mobile usability report until now, haven't been able to manage users and permissions until now, and haven't been able to add new sites or verify ownership until now. <laughs> so if you need to do any of those things, you can now do them within the new version of Search Console. Yes. So if you're one of those people that avoided the new con the new Search Console, console yourself. Oh. The features are now there. <laughs> so check that out. Nice. Next up in some more googly news, there is a new post from Google talking about helping you find useful information fast on search. And it is a new look for the search engine results pages that Google is pushing. Their example is with a versus search. So if you're looking at something like quartz versus granite, uh, what they're trying to do is to give people more information. And what they're doing is kind of parlaying some different searches that could be out there. Um, even in the example that you can see if you're following along on YouTube, they have some specific, hey, what about granite versus soapstone or <laughs> granite versus concrete there at the bottom. So talk about price, durability, and for many searches, this could be really, really valuable. Mm -hmm. And it also is it another reason to say, <laughs> hey, you should make sure all of your structured data is correct yeah. and that you should really make sure that you're you're thorough with what you're putting <laughs> out there. You know, it's not just gonna be granite versus soapstone or something like that. There's gonna be more information, durability, price, and you should really make sure you, you talk about all these different things um, and do so with proper markup. I'm looking forward to kind of playing with this and seeing what they can come up with, like Vin Diesel versus Bruce Willis or something like is action that, stars. Do people even search for that? I might later. I mean, we'll it's, see. the winner is no no contest, right? I agree, but I wonder what Google would have to say. Just saying. I'm sure that's not there yet, but if you're doing countertops, they got you. Cora? Cora? Is that how you say it? Cura? Cura. I always have trouble with that word. But anyway... <laughs> If you use the ad platform, you can now set your campaigns to optimize for conversions, which is excellent news, used to just be clicks, I believe. So uh, pretty much we all know what that means, but if you don't, basically Cura, Cura? Cura will uh, attempt to show your ads to people that are most likely to take the action that you've set up as a conversion, whether that's an app install or a form fill or something like that. They're gonna try and get your ads in front of better qualified traffic. The interesting thing with this is that they want you to set up a target CPA for this to help them bid as well. So it's not necessarily target CPA bidding, they're calling it optimized for conversions, but they want you to set that. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. Uh, if you choose this option, you'll be charged on a CPM basis per impressions. Yep, and that's normal based off of you know other networks like that. Yep. So just be aware, check it out. And it's something that I think has really grown just 
from this time last year to where we are today is mm -hmm. a lot of the maximized conversions and CPA bidding is just light years ahead within the networks. Yeah. And we use it a ton and again, anything's worth testing. We talked about this last week with Bing. And we're all for <laughs> maximizing conversions <laughs> on Cura. 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 Cool. <laughs> All right, so on to the next news, something that is easier to pronounce. Google, again, has launched a new product called Cameos. And Cameos is a video question and answer app aimed at celebrities and public figures. And what you can do with this is shoot some video recordings of yourself answering <laughs> questions. And there's some examples you can see on the screen here. Uh, this is expanding upon what we've seen in the past last year where you saw some celebrities like Will Ferrell uh, show up some examples and, and answer question in the search results pages. He said his favorite dad joke, why he speaks Swedish and a bunch of other, does he really play the drums and then he answers that. Cool. And so this is, again, it doesn't seem like maybe this is, has a marketing angle, but it, it really does. Just because you're not a celebrity <laughs> doesn't mean that you should pay attention to this. There's a big shift towards, hey, the more helpful information that we can get mm -hmm. in the SERPs, the better. And here's an example of what it looks like. Um, and you can download the app. It is currently iOS only. And you simply choose a question to answer, and then can you sing? And I'll hold the record. Absolutely not. Ooh. And then you save. <laughs> the, <laughs> and then you can Absolutely. save that, and it will then potentially be able to show up in the search results pages. Pretty cool. Interesting, though, that it's iOS only, right, being that it's a Google product. Are, are they just, like, being super sensitive because they got a slap on the wrist a couple weeks ago? Somebody should get fired for that. I mean, it I is, use an iPhone. I, well, that, that's why we had to use your phone <laughs> for this example. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's only for iPhones, and then you have to request access. It's not for everybody. Um, and what you need to do is you need to say the, your name or the name of the person that you represent, uh, your relation to the person, an email and a phone address. And then you will be approved um, on a per-person basis, and you can get access to that. So check it out if you have an iPhone, and hopefully Android users can check it out in the near future. Yeah, if you have an iPhone and if you're famous. Yes. We're not. That was a demo account. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that brings us to our lightning round. And first up in the lightning round, this isn't technically news, but I thought it was really interesting. It was from Facebook's official blog. And they talked about four different ways that they've really used their creative department to turn image ads into video ads. And they have a couple of really good examples of this where you, they, they kind of gave them each a different name where you've got brand in motion, benefit in motion, uh, demo in motion. And they, they break down easy ways to make video out of a still image. And that, as we know it, here in an agency, is one of the trickiest parts is trying to get any kind of video assets from somebody. Yeah. So I thought that this was really important to share to say, you don't need video assets to make video. And this was a great example of these unique, tar unique videos that, th that are being created out of, out of just a, a plain flat image. So we're putting it in the news. Check it out. It's a yes. couple of great examples. And you now no longer have an excuse for video ads. No. Or budget, right? Because you could just do it with existing assets. So no excuses. More from Facebook. 
If you're like me, you were super sad when some of the job targeting options were taken away from us. Many of them are coming back. Facebook is, quote, reinstating targeting options for job titles, employers, fields of study, and education. So some of the stuff that was stripped away will be coming back via a phased rollout. And then some new targeting that is available now, uh, they've added, they didn't really expand upon it in the article, but some new interest segments around professionals. So go explore, see who else you can target. Awesome. Over the past few months, we've seen a lot of transparency around political ads, and Google has jumped into the mix, and they have a new political ad library. And you, if you are just a glutton for political ads, you can hop in and see all the different political ads that are out there. Um, and additionally, they had updated their site, uh, elections.google. That's it. There's no .com, just .google. And you can find out all kinds of information around um, election-specific um, data. Very cool. And if you're into spying on other things, too, in the name of transparency, there's a new two-step authorization process for pages on Facebook. Um, if you are asked to authorize yourself or your page, they're not going to let you post until you complete the process. Basically, it's just, like I said, a two-step thing to figure out where exactly you're based. This right now is just affecting pages with a large U.S. following, but if I had to guess, I would say it's probably going to roll out everywhere. Um, they're also being more transparent with the information available on pages. You can look at the page history now to see if there's ever been a merger, if any pages have joined forces, and you can also see the location, location being country, of page managers on the page too. So if a page says that it's based in the US and all the page managers are in Canada, that would be a lie. So <laughs> <laughs> more information for you as a user and obviously page managers out there, make sure that you pay attention to this and follow the steps so you can keep using Facebook pretty much. Great. Next up, and one other note, you can find every link to all these articles by going to marketingoclock.com and following along or on our YouTube channel, or you can also find it out on your favorite podcast player and jump right through and get all this information for on your own volition. So Google has said in a, I believe it was a Reddit post, a Reddit thread, um, John from, from Google had talked about avoiding changing URLs unless you really have to, as it does, there is a significant processing that, that takes place when you change any of these URLs. And so he had said that, yes, that is a big deal, as we all know, and that if you do change URLs, it should be for a longer term, that it's not something that we want to do willy-nilly and just change one day and back. And again, you can find that uh, Barry Schwartz at Search Engine Roundtable wrote that up a little bit and added some information. Awesome. Ready for this? Ready. Google collects your location data even when your location history is turned off. You heard right. That is accurate, and Google maintains that it has been transparent about this, but it's a surprise to most of us. So again, check out the link um, in the show notes because it explains a lot more that I'm about to. There's some details, especially based on whether you're an iPhone user or Android, there's different ways to check your options. But basically what they said is that if you turn off your location history, the only thing you're really turning off is those locations popping up in your map. They're still following you around, they still know where you've been, they're still collecting that data. There's a separate setting that you have to turn off under web and app activity in order to have them not actually follow you. So some of you knew that. I sure didn't. Seems like most of the world didn't. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And maybe no coincidence that within the past 12 months, they took that don't be evil out of everything. <laughs> We're wondering, how are you going to track all of this 
all of these offline conversions with the the new update that we had at the oh. the marketing platform. I guess this is how That's we're just how. tracking everything, and you know, as as we see with Google Ads, many times it is hard to get it set up properly the right way, and that some of the settings that you start with are better for Google maybe than for you, the advertiser. Yeah. So, again. Not a big surprise here, I guess. Get a restraining order. You don't want them to follow you. <laughs> just throw your phone out. There you go. Just don't take your phone with you. But they'll know where my phone is, even if I'm okay. not there. Well, just throw it in the toilet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and that brings us to our must-read marketing article of the week, an article that is too long, too in-depth for us to cover the full gamut here in our limited time. And today's article is from Buffer, and it was written by Brian Peters. The article is, we analyzed 43 million Facebook posts from the top 20,000 brands. New research. <laughs> and this is a great tangible takeaway where he talks about, hey, some of the top brands are seeing the best performance by posting five times a day. And here's a look at the interactions. And it just really breaks down what these top brands are doing and why it's effective. And again, it's a, a very in-depth article with lots of stats and data and something that anybody that is an admin of a Facebook page should be able to use to their advantage. Very cool. uh, all right, and that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. And remember, you can catch all the content we talked about here today by going to marketingoclock.com. And please subscribe here on YouTube or on your favorite podcast player so that you get alerted to this fantastic <laughs> news every single Friday. And we'll see you here next week. Bye-bye.